Morning, everyone. There we go. Now we're getting somewhere. How is everyone this morning? Good, 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 good. If you're like me, it's a great time of year because March Madness is on. There's basketball on 24 hours a day, it feels like. But if you're also like me, you're probably crying because your bracket is just in shambles. Uh, I'll tell a quick story. I picked up my wife to you know, do a little bracket to see who could pick the games right, whatnot, because she, she loves basketball. And if you know my wife, that is a complete joke. She does not like basketball at all. And so she finally did one. And let's just say she is kicking my tail when it comes to picking, picking games. So, whew. But I'm glad everyone's doing well today. Um, this morning we'll be in Acts 21. Uh, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Uh, somehow James always, he, I guess because I like to tell stories and different things, he always gives me the scripture that is a story. Um, as I was prepping to this, a lot of this is pretty, just to be transparent, is pretty face value. But there's also, as I was telling him, there's a lot of beef tips in there. If you're like me, you like beef tips and rice. Rice. Um, there's not a lot of steak, but there is some beef tips in here. We're gonna we're gonna get into. We're gonna dig into this morning. Um, but I hope you're all doing well. I hope you've all had a good week. Um, so let's read Acts 21. We'll go through verses 1 through 26 and it says and when we had parted from them and set sail we came by a straight course to Kos and to the next day to Rhodes and from there to Patera and having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went abroad or we went aboard and set sail and we had come into the site of Cyprus leaving it on the left we sailed to Syria and landed in Tyre for the ship was to unload its cargo and having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit, they were, were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and we went on our journey. And they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went aboard the ship and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived in Ptolemus. And we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one another for one day. On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea. And we entered the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four, four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea and came to us, and he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet. In hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, Let the will of the Lord be done. And after these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem and said to of the disciples from Caesarea, We went with us, bringing us to the house of Manasseh, of Cyprus, an early disciple whom we should lodge. 
When we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. And on the following day, Paul went in with us to, uh, with us to James, and all the elders were present. After greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And they said to him, You see, brothers, how many thousands there among the Jews of those who have believed? They are all zealous for the law. And they had been told about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or walk according to our customs. What then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. Do therefore what we tell you, and we have four men who are under a vow. Take these men and purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. Thus all will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself also live in observance of the law. But as, the, as for the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should, be, that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took them in, the next day he purified himself along with them and went to the temple, giving notice when the days of purification would be fulfilled and the offering presented for each one of them. Let's pray. God, we, just, uh, we thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for all that you've done for us. Uh, I pray that you just touch your scripture. God, allow it to continue to talk to us this morning. Uh, allow me to be able to say what you have for us this morning. Uh, we pray for... Uh, James in Plymouth, you know, just across town, the guy for what's going on there and the situation. Uh, we ask that you will be done in everything and all things. You should never pray. Amen. So we see in the beginning of 21 where Paul, he set sails from Ephesus. And they begin to go from port to port on his journey to Jerusalem because they, that was his call. That's what he was he knew he had to do is he had to go towards Jerusalem. So they go from port to port um, towards that direction. When they came to Cyprus, or excuse me, when they came and landed in Tyre, they sought out disciples that were there, which were other believers who were in Jesus. That's all it was here. It was people who believed in Jesus. And these disciples there essentially told Paul not to go to Jerusalem. And Paul was like, yeah, I'm still going to Jerusalem. And reading it, you know, you would think, okay, Paul is not listening to the Spirit. Because they said not to go to Jerusalem in the Spirit. So thinking that, you know, you're thinking Paul is not wanting to listen to the Spirit. He's trying to be selfish and go to Jerusalem. And that wasn't the actual case. Um, Paul knew what his calling was. He knew what his calling was, and that was to go to Jerusalem. What... Me and um, a few other people had discussed, and what I had found in my study is these disciples here who told you know Paul not to go to Jerusalem. They knew what was going to happen in Jerusalem. It was kind of out of selfishness. They didn't want Paul to be persecuted or hurted or tortured or anything of that magnitude. So that's why they kind of told Paul not to go to Jerusalem. 
because they knew what was going to happen. They knew if Paul went to Jerusalem that he was going to be persecuted, he was going to be arrested, he was going to be possibly put to death. And they knew that. It doesn't say in the scripture, but through all the studies in church history, they knew that was going to happen. And so they told Paul not to go. Knowing that. And then we continue on. They leave Tyre and go to uh, Caesarea. And they come to the house of Philip, who was the evangelist. And there, Paul meets a guy named Agabus. I feel bad for the guy because his name was Agabus. I just, just that name just drives me crazy, Agabus. But he, he was a, a prophet who told, he was kind of like, you know, Isaiah and Jeremiah who told uh, prophecies by acting them out. He was one of those prophets. And in doing so, he took Paul's belt. He took Paul's belt and he binded up his hands and his feet. Saying that whoever owns this belt, when he enters Jerusalem, the Gentiles will, will bound him up like this. And basically, Agabus was telling Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, the people there are going to bound you up. They're going to put you in chains. They're going to arrest you and imprison you. And when Agabus had told Paul this, everyone in the house tried to convince Paul not to do it. You'd be dumb to go there, Paul. You're going to get arrested. You could get killed. What are you thinking? Like, aren't you thinking about yourself and your safety and your well-being? Like, if you go to Jerusalem, you know, you could be put in prison. You could be killed. And Paul... And we've read, we've gone through the whole book of Acts almost, and we, we understand the persecutions that Paul has gone through between being shipwrecked, from being imprisoned, um, from being stoned, from being beaten. Well, Paul has been through it all just about. And Paul knew, like, there's nothing else they can really do to me. They can put me in jail. I've done that. They can beat me. I've been beaten before. And Paul knew that, you know, Whatever they could do is nothing he's been through before. And Paul says here, we read in verse 13, he says, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be in prison, but to even die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. Paul's telling these people in the house, like, what are you what are you doing? Why are you crying for me? Why are you breaking my heart? Like trying to deter me from what I'm called to do. He's like, I'm not only ready to be in prison, but to even die. Paul knew that he has ran a good race. He knew that um, he has fought the good fight. He, he knew that he has done everything he's been called to do. So whether or not he dies in Jerusalem, he is prepared for it. He says, I'm not only ready to be in prison, but to even die in Jerusalem. This morning, as we you know continue to to go through this. I just want y'all just think about your own calling in, in your life. What God's called you to do, what path that he has taken you. Think about that. And if you know for a shadow, without a shadow of a doubt, just for a fact, you know what you're called to do. Um, and you go and you seek wise counsel. Take that counsel to heart. But that counsel isn't always the counsel that you you know, should listen to. 
Um, I seek wise counsel from a lot of people. And a lot of counsel I take to heart when it comes to certain things. But what if I know I am called to do a certain thing, um, like I was called to preach when I was 16. A lot of people when I was 16 told me I was not called to do that. I was just uh, crazy. I was just full of emotions. But I knew that without a shadow of a doubt, through prayer and through reading scripture, that that was my calling. And so, yes, I took their their uh, wisdom to heart, but I knew what God had called me to do. And the same with Paul. Paul knew what his calling was. And yes, he listened to several people's you know, counsel while he was in Tyre, while he's here in Caesarea. But he knows what his calling is. And his calling is to go to Jerusalem. So this morning, first, you know, in the scripture, pray, understand what your calling is for your life, what God has got for you um, for today, for tomorrow, for the, the future, what he has you called to do. And take that to heart. Now, I'm not saying don't seek wise counsel because we all need to seek, you know, people who are a lot smarter than us. But I want you, when you do take that counsel, I want you to pray long and hard about that counsel and make sure that it matches up with what God has called you to do. So here, you know, we, we find out that Paul is in Caesarea. And if your Bible's like mine, you've got a map in the back of it. Okay? If you look closely, Caesarea is around... 30 miles from Jerusalem. So he's not far from Jerusalem. So he left. And it was probably a good day, day and a half journey. He goes on here in verse uh, 17. When he came to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James and all the elders who were present. James was the brother of Jesus. He was also the leader of the Jerusalem church there at the time, which I found pretty fitting, him being the brother of Jesus, and he's also the leader of the Jerusalem church. I found that very fitting and found it very awesome that he was kind of like the head elder there at the church. Going on verse 19 to 21, it says, After greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God, and they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there among the Jews of those who have believed? They're all zealous of the law. And they have been told about you and to teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or walk according to our customs. So when Paul got there, they essentially sat around the table and he talked about all the ministries they had done, the people who have came to Jesus. And James essentially tells I asked Paul, I was like, how many of those were Jews? You know, had they come to Jesus? Because they believe that you say not to follow the Levitical law, the, the law of Moses, where you had to be circumcised, you had to follow all the customs. And these Jews, they are very zealous of the law, which is they're, they're into the law, they, they want to be a part of the law, they want to follow it to a T because that's what Moses had told them, you know, thousands of years ago, to, to follow this law. And they believe, the Jews believe that if you follow this law, this was the way to salvation. And Paul, I guess through confusion or through word of mouth, that the Jews thought Paul was telling them that you can't follow this, <clears throat> these customs at all. And Paul was not saying you couldn't follow the customs. Paul was saying that these laws isn't, aren't the way 
through salvation, that Jesus was the only way to salvation. But the Jews thought that they were saying, you can't follow any of these customs. And that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is just saying that these, this law of Moses is not the way to salvation. This is just a way to, um, this is a way to better, have a better life with Jesus. But it wasn't the way to salvation. Jesus was the only way to salvation. Jesus said that himself. And continuing on, actually, excuse me. They thought Paul was there to abolish the law. They thought Paul was trying to get rid of the law, trying to abolish anything that Moses had done. But Paul himself was a follower of these customs, these Davidical law, the Moses' law. Paul had been circumcised. Paul had done everything through this, but he knew that Jesus was the only way to salvation. And the Jews didn't believe that at the time. They believed that salvation was found through this Levitical law, through the law of Moses. Verses 22 to 24 says, What then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. Do therefore tell you, We have four men who are under a vow. Take these men and purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. Thus will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself also live in observance of the law. James is suggesting that Paul go through this purifying of himself, uh, which was a time where they would be basically alone in the presence of God. They wouldn't shave their heads until they, you know, had become pure in the presence of God. You find that in Numbers, I believe it's Numbers chapter 6, if you want to go back and read that. Uh, number six has uh, that whole process of purifying himself. Jerusalem at the time was still really sensitive to, you know, like I said, to this law that Moses had put and the traditions uh, and the culture and everything about what Moses had established here in Jerusalem. And James knew that. And they, James knew that Paul... But his teaching, it didn't really sit right with the Jews here in Jerusalem because, you know, again, they thought he was there to abolish everything Moses had taught, which was not the case. So James suggests that he go through this purification process um, with these four other men to show the Jews that, you know, he does, you know, live by the customs of Moses to kind of merge the gap between him and the Jews that makes sense to kind of show that he's not saying to abolish the law of Moses he's just saying that's not the way to have salvation kind of the same with us we know the salvation is through Jesus we follow the the new covenant which is the law the new testament but we have the old testament as well to understand you know all the prophecies of Jesus to understand how everything was made how our uh how our faith was set up and our foundation of our faith is. This is kind of the same way Paul is going through here with the Jews. He knows everything about Moses' law. He knows the foundation of it, but he knows that the only way through salvation is through Jesus. Continuing on, verses 25 and 26. This as the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual morality. Then Paul took the men 
And the next day he purified himself along with them, went into the temple, giving notice when the days of purification would be fulfilled and the offering presented for each one of them. James and the church in Jerusalem sent letters out to the Gentiles. And we have read throughout Acts, you know, the Gentiles were uh, some pretty sinful people. I mean, just being frank about it. They sent a letter out to them to abstain from sacrificing to idols. You know, we know that a lot of the Gentiles in the area were huge in the Greek idols. They told them to abstain from that. They told them to um, abstain from what has been strangled, which was the way they killed some of the animals. They abstained from, or to abstain from sexual morality, which was a huge thing with the Gentiles. They were, a lot of people say today is really bad when it comes to that stuff, but it was just as bad then. It's just now you can find it on your cell phones. Back then it was in the streets. So the Gentiles were very wicked people when James said, was telling them to abstain from all of this, to come to Jesus. And then we see here closing out, Paul goes with these men, goes and purifies himself, and then goes into the temple, giving notice the days of purification we've fulfilled. What we've read today is basically the setup for what's going to happen in the remaining of the chapter into chapter 22 that James will cover next week. The setup to where Paul does get arrested. We see that through this chapter, Paul, as we've talked about, seeks wise counsel, but he knows his calling. He knows his calling is to go to Jerusalem, which was his home, where he was part of the Sanhedrin at one time when he was Saul. He knows the city very well. He knows the customs very well. He's a very educated man. And he knows the punishment that's going to happen to him. So this morning, as we close, I don't preach very long if you know who know how I preach. It's just not my nature. But this morning, I want us to take to heart um, everything that Paul went through during this chapter because he, he travels a very long way. Uh, if you have, a like I said, a map in the back of your Bible like I do, you can see from where he started in Ephesus and all the different ports that he had to go through across the sea to get to Jerusalem. I mean, it was a journey. He was determined. He knew what his call was. I want to take that to heart that to whatever our call is, do it wholeheartedly like Paul did. I want us to seek wise counsel like Paul did and then pray about that counsel. I want us to pray about it Seek it diligently for our lives. We all have our own call in our lives. We all have a, a call that is just specific for us and who we are and what we're doing. Some of us, it's called to lead our families, to continue the ministry of God with our families. Some of us, it's you know, doing the ministry of God as much as we can while we're single and using that ability of not having a, a family to 
do more in ministry. But I want us to understand that us being in Jesus, there is going to be persecution, there's going to be trials, as we've seen throughout Paul's ministries and his different journeys that he's been upon. He's been through a lot of different adversities, whether it's evil spirits, being locked up, being beaten, any of that could happen to us. We could be, you know, see evil spirits, see different things that doesn't agree with us. Maybe not in prison right now, but you never know what could happen tomorrow. I mean, the way the world is, the way what's going on, there's no telling what could happen tomorrow. This morning as Mike gets ready to uh, come up here and we'll close this out, I just want us to remember to take our relationship with Jesus serious, to take it to heart, as Paul did, knowing what we're called to do and fulfilling that out. Go through it. Thank y'all for being here. Uh, thank y'all for listening, whether it made sense or not. That's, I hope you can discern and you know take it to heart what God has said this morning. Um, but I'm going to pray, and then Michael's going to come. We'll close out, and we'll continue on. God, we just uh, we thank you for what you've done for us. Uh, we thank you for all the blessings in our life. God, I ask we. Let us take to heart um, what you've written in Acts um, about Paul and the different things that he has gone through. Uh, allow us to learn from him and everything that he had gone through and to make our lives you know, more understanding of your scripture and more uh, understanding of what the ministry really is, God, and just what we could go through in ministry. I ask that you uh, allow us to leave here and to you know, continue to glorify your name as much as we can. Uh, we love you and we thank you. Never pray. Amen.